Ladies and gentlemen, it's now time for the most popular and least listened to podcast in the world, the Sixth Sense Media Podcast, with your host, Mike Phelan. How did this project all come together? Yeah, don't look at the project we've been working on for a while. Um, it came from a story that one of the co-stars' um, family told me over Thanksgiving. Lindsay Eshelman, who, is, uh, who plays Nicole in the film, her parents uh, live in Plowsville, Pennsylvania, and it was my first time really experiencing American Thanksgiving. Um, and her family's pretty unique, you know, to me, but not to the area. They're uh, a hunting family. They grew up around guns and game and you know, they do everything very legally and very properly, but it was still to me a shock, you know, culturally of the difference between coming from South America to what, you know, real America, North America is like, um, especially during Thanksgiving. And they told mm-hmm. me this story about um, how they had a family member, you know, many years ago that was found uh, dead by a gunshot in their garage and no one thought to call the cops. They just thought, you know, we all have guns. Maybe it was an accident. They just, just buried them. Um, now, I don't remember the details of the story, but that really stuck with me at the time. And I remember thinking, man, who has, you know, so many guns around that if a gun goes off and kills someone, you just think, eh, an accident. So that kind of, like, generated the idea of, um, you know, if that could be true about this area, you know, what else could be true? I mean, hence the story was told to me about many, many years ago. Um, so that's kind of why we start the film with a flashback. You know, nowadays, if that happens, obviously you call the authorities. But... Um, at the time, it just made sense. So I'm like, okay, if that could be true, what else could be true? So at the end of that Thanksgiving, I had this idea kind of like mulling over about, you know, we should make a feature. My partner, Javier Gomez, and I, who is still my, my writing and producing partner, we um, had done a short film, and we thought, you know what, maybe, we, maybe we're ready for a feature. So I proposed the idea, and I said, you know, how about we make a feature? And he was like, okay, Sure. Like, in my mind, um, a feature was just a long short, you know? So I'm like, it's not a short, we can do a feature. And, you know, for everybody out there, if that is not the case, <laughs> making a feature is much harder um, and takes a lot more work than, than making even a long short. Um, so, you know, Javier was game. He's like, okay, let's do it. And then we started approaching the people around us, and um, we had a lot of no's. You know, like, you're crazy, you don't know what you're getting yourself into, like, oh, that's a lot of work, I don't want to do that. We got that one a lot. You know, it's amazing how people seem to want opportunities, but they don't really want to do the work. So, <laughs> um, yeah, that, that was surprising to us. But, you know, we continue asking, and we found a few different allies, including Lindsay Ashelman, and her family was like, you know, that sounds great. And I said, would you mind if we shot it here? And they were amazing, and they didn't allow us to share their property uh, and that's how we were able to make such a great film. Uh, can you tell me more about the location where you shot and what uh, what pros and cons there were of shooting there? Sure. I mean, we shot in Plowville, Pennsylvania, which is about 20, 30 minutes from Reading. So it's it's farm farmland. Um, it was amazing shooting there in terms of the community was really welcoming. Everybody was so excited. Um, you know, uh, Lindsay's family has been around the area for many years, so when she approached them for, to help, they were all really willing to help out with the film in any case, in any way we needed to. So we got out of a lot of trouble. Like one day we forgot we needed a generator, and, you know, Lindsay was like, I'll just run down the next farm and see if they have one. And, and they did, and they said, bring it back whenever. You know, that kind of stuff doesn't really happen uh, in big cities. So that was definitely a plus. Like we had 
people from the community drop pies. Um, you know, I, I really remember clearly this one call her father got one night. We're shooting at the Christmas tree field, and when you see the film, you'll see that footage. Um, but there was a lot of screaming, and somebody driving by uh, heard the screams and called her dad and said, listen, there's something really terrible going down, you know, going on down there. You should probably go check it out. Um, and next day, he, you know, he told us, and we're all laughing about it. But, you know, that's how, how tight the community was, um, and that was definitely a plus. Now, on the disadvantages, it's, you know, being in a place that is not a big city, we had issues with crewing. There wasn't a lot of crew down there. We had to bring some people from New York City. Uh, same with actors. We didn't have a lot of actor options, so we had to bring some people from New York. Some people flew from L.A. Um, and then equipment-wise, the same. You know, we had an equipment issue during the shoot, and we had to replace the camera, and we had to go back to New York City, which was like almost a two-and-a-half-hour drive. So, you know, and that was definitely a challenge, being so isolated from, from a, a major city. Um, but in the end, it all worked out, so. Now that you've now that you've had your chance to make a feature, do you, do you want to make another one, or do you want to do you want to just go back to making shorts? Well, I'm actually in the process of making another film, which I can't discuss it yet. But so yes, I am continuing to make films. Um, I think shorts are really valid, and I'm also continuing to participate in shorts and to you know make as many as I can. I just released a trailer of a series that I wrote and directed called House Setting that's on YouTube as well. Um, so. I'm continuing to create in whatever shape um, it turns out to be. So, yes, making features are, is, is much harder, especially financially, because it does take a, a longer investment, uh, either private or whoever has a, you know, uh, an investor. But, um, um, yeah, we're just, we're just following our, our, our gut and our bliss, you know. Uh, did you get to use any of the locals as uh, either background extras or anything like that? We did. We had uh, one local, Gary, who is a credited in the film, and he was uh, at the gas station, so if you guys pay attention. We don't have a lot of, of extras or a lot of, like, uh, guest stars, you know, just one-day people. We really wrote this, this script to be very concise and very small and as easy to shoot as possible. But for that one scene, yes, we got Gary, and he's been uh, to the red carpets with us, never possible, and it's been a really great experience. Oh, as far as uh, the genre of film, do you do you feel that uh, horror is kind of uh, unique to itself and doesn't really share a lot of the same experiences that uh, like uh, dramas or romance or comedies do? It kind of has its own little ecosystem of, of screenwriting and, and shooting and all that. I think every genre has its difficulties. I think when it comes to horror, it's it's more difficult in the sense that it involves special effects either you know, in post or, or practical. We chose to do practical effects, which obviously made it harder to shoot. But at the same time, we wanted it. We knew our budget was limited, and we wanted it to look as good as possible. So we wanted to make sure that we had someone who could build things for us and could make the blood look real and all the other special effects that we have in the film. So in that sense, it makes it more expensive than having a drama where people just walk and talk. Uh, but at the same time, it's definitely more fun. You know, there's an action component to it. I think to most horror films, because there's always chasing and trying to escape. Um, and there's all that special effects that we got to play with. You know, at some point we had buckets of blood everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, um, there's a scene that I'm, you know, running in my underwear, you'll see in the film. But I actually had to direct like that because if you've worked in horror, you know that the blood is very sticky. So I couldn't put mm -hmm. my coat on. But now we're talking Pennsylvania in May. In, you know, our last day of shooting, it snowed. So it was very cold, and I was literally 
directing for a few days in my underwear. I remember my friend's mom walking by and just saying, aren't you going to put your clothes on? <laughs> and I'm like, I want to, but then we have to reset all the makeup, and it's going to take a lot of time. So, you know, we just had to do what we had to do. Uh, how many how many days again did you have to did you have to endure like that? I don't remember the exact number of days, but it was three or more. You know, it was a consistent amount. I remember thinking, "Oh man!" And my costume designer, Bruna Meb, she's amazing, and she was trying. She's like, "Just use this one, like this coat. Like we just can put it in the wash. It's gonna be fine." Like she would drape it over my shoulders, and then I'll start to stick to it. And I'm like, "I can't. We're gonna have to reset this whole makeup, and then I'll take it off." So, you know, there's a lot of other death scenes that were very difficult to shoot because it was so cold. The actor was shivering. Javier, you know, was one of them during the death of Sebastian. When you watch the film again, I won't won't, uh, give you any spoilers. But, you know, at some point he was so cold that he was shaking so much we could see it on camera. So we couldn't couldn't shoot him dead because he looked alive. Um, So we had some of those challenges. I think that shows a lot of resolve as a filmmaker to be able to – yourself in a very uncomfortable physically uncomfortable situation for a period of time to make sure that your that your art is is complete that's pretty impressive yeah i mean it's it's about getting the best result you know we raised our funds through kickstarter we had 500 people that donated to the film and we really felt a sense of responsibility to deliver the best product we could so everything that we did, you know, to come to the end of this project, May 14th, when we get released, was really the mind of that responsibility. Those are all family and friends and fans and people that we really care about. So that definitely gave us an extra push to, like, go that extra mile if we had to. Uh, I haven't seen the film yet, so I can't I can't say for sure. But um, when you had night shoots or, or you had scenes that were set at night, did you use any day for night shots or did you shoot everything that was supposed to be at night at night? We tried, but, you know, mm-hmm. like most films, we're not able to do that all the time. There was one uh, scene that is indoors that we shot uh, during the day. So we just had to black out the house. Um, mm-hmm. And that was, you know, relatively easy because we weren't outside. Um, but that was pretty much it. Everything else that you see outside was shot at night. How, how challenging was that since you kind of had a uh, the a limit on the crew and, and budget and everything else? Yeah, shooting nights are always difficult because you have to train your clock to be up at night and then sleep <laughs> during the day. And when you're directing, producing, acting, and doing everything else that needs to be done, then you don't get to sleep. So, you know, we kind of – I was very lucky that my, my producing team was super supportive, so – Javier, Lindsay, and I, we really took on whatever needed to be taken on when the time came. Uh, Bruna, who did the costume, also, you know, stepped out of her role and did everything she could to, like, make the film successful. So in that sense, like, we had a fantastic team that really tried the best that we could um, to do to cover every position. But, you know, there, there have been times that I didn't sleep for three, day, three days at a time. So I would be sitting at the makeup chair, and then I'd fall asleep. And, and then I'll wake up, and I'm like, yeah, I got a shoe, or... We would be setting up, you know, I would do the walkthrough and the rehearsal and I'll be setting up camera and I'll be sitting in the car because it's so cold and then I'll fall asleep. So, like, there's moments like that that you just kind of take a little cat naps wherever you can. Um, I definitely don't want to do a film like this ever again. Like, budgeting-wise, it was so difficult. Um, And I'm proud that we did and and that the result is amazing. You know, I think when you see the film, you'll see that what we accomplished for what we had was, was pretty much a miracle. Um, so I'm very proud of it. But at the same time, I, you know, from here on, you know, as making films, we definitely want to, you know, do it at a different budget level.
And, and the most important question is uh, where and when can people see uh, Don't Look? Yeah, so thanks for asking. Don't Look is officially <laughs> being released May 14th uh, uh, on DVD on Amazon. After that's going to be on VOD. Uh, we don't know exactly what the date's going to be yet. But if you like DVDs, if you're a collector like most of my horror friends are, May 14th you can pre-order now. You've been listening to the Sixth Sense Media Podcast. You can find more of our celebrity interviews and roundtable discussions on iTunes, Podbean, and SoundCloud. Be sure to check out our movie, TV, and video game coverage at SixthSense.com and FanBolt.com.